Welcome to the King's Church Amersham podcast. For more information and resources, go to www.kca.church. July? October? I sometimes feel once bonfire night is gone, I can kind of focus. Or some might just wait actually until December 24th. But in our household, we tend to start preparations um, around the December the 1st, because I feel it's not too early. If my husband had his way, it'd be November 1st, but I feel it's not too early, but also it's not so late that we don't have time to enjoy the build-up. But actually, the main reason for us as a family for doing it on that day is actually it's my son's birthday that day. So it's become a bit of a fun family tradition to decorate then. And the best part for me about the decorations are the lights. I love just sitting, looking at the Christmas tree, all lit up. And I don't know about your neighbourhood, but our village, our residents, they go all out at Christmas. So much so, this is going to work. It's green. Oh, oh, there we go. So much so that our children look forward with great anticipation to our annual Christmas light walk. That's just a few of the examples. But all this talk about lights got me thinking and it got me reflecting on the most powerful light of all. The light that came to set the world free. Jesus. And the title of this series, if you hadn't found, figured out yet, is The Light of the World. And in Jesus, we find the greatest, the brightest, and the most powerful light to have ever lived amongst us. And my sermon today, I'm going to be focusing on the passage in John chapter 3, verses 17 to 19, which reads, For God did not send his Son into the world... To condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light. Because their deeds were evil. And so I wanted to title my sermon for today, The Light Has Come. Are you ready? Now, as I was preparing for this morning, I found the Lord leading me to think about the nature of light and, in particular, its impact not only on its surroundings but on those it touches. I wondered what happens when light shines. So this morning, I've chosen three points which I want to look at to demonstrate the impact of light. And in each of those points, I want to talk about how Jesus, as the light of the world, has come so that we no longer need to be afraid. So the first thing that light does is it reveals and it exposes. I want you just for a moment to picture yourself 
walking into a dark room. And you can't see anything apart from maybe the outline of a few odd objects. I wonder, what's your first reaction? Do you walk straight in and hope that you don't bump into something or someone? Or perhaps you scramble about on the walls looking for the light switch? Or maybe you simply just turn around and walk back to the last place you came from where you could see what was around you. For today, for now, imagine that you do find the light switch. You press it and the room is flooded with light. Now what do you see? Are you greeted by a tidy, ordered, pleasant room? Or is what you see a room in a complete mess with stuff everywhere? Because you see, light has the power to transform a room or a situation. It can either reveal the beauty in front of us, or it can expose the mess and the issues that need dealing with. Jesus, as the light of the world, has come so that we can experience what it is like to have his love for us revealed. And also to have the areas of our life that we need to surrender to him exposed and to let that exposure cleanse us. Now it says in verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And as I read this verse, I began to think about why so many of us are at times reluctant or afraid to let God in. Is it perhaps because we think the opposite of this verse? And actually we're afraid that what waits for us is in fact judgment. Perhaps judgment on our decisions or on our mistakes. And I've seen so many people push God away because they find it just too scary to let him in. But you see, when we can get just even a glimpse of how much God loves us, it's overwhelming. And that sense of overwhelming love, however, it breaks down walls and barriers. And what floods in, in place of those walls, is the love of God. And it's a love that will always protect, that will always sustain, and it will always comfort. And the truth is, the enemy would have us believe that to let God in is to lose control over our lives and to have our every move scrutinized by God. Indeed, it says in verse 20, if I've put that up there, no, I haven't. I'll read that to you. It says in verse 20, All those who do evil hate the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. And the truth is, the enemy, he actually doesn't mind Jesus shining his light into your life. So long, however, as the mess that gets exposed is what holds your attention, not the good. But what we must remember is the enemy is a liar. And whilst he may be banking on the light, exposing our flaws and insecurities, what he doesn't want you to see or know, however, is that the light also exposes him and his lies. Because when we let Jesus in, we need to focus on him and him alone. 
Because he has come so that we can be free. He's not come to condemn us. That's a lie of the enemy. So I want you to picture that room that I mentioned earlier. Picture that room again. But this time, I want you to picture Jesus holding your hand as you walk in. And then picture him flicking the light switch. And again, the room floods with light. And as Jesus stands in the middle of that room, you see all of the treasures that you have in your life. And you feel such a sense of gratitude to Jesus for blessing you. However, alongside the light revealing the good, you also see some battered-looking boxes that you haven't touched in years and actually you were hoping you would never have to touch nor admit them being there. And you don't want to open them so that your mess could get exposed. But actually, now I want you to imagine that as Jesus is looking at those battered boxes, instead of him sighing or rolling his eyes or even looking a bit disappointed... You see him walk straight over to those boxes and he'll say, it's okay, my child. I'll deal with those if you let me. And he picks them up and he says, it's time to let me take this now. He walks out and he throws the battered box into the skip. And when he walks back into the room, in his hands, he now holds a gift, all beautifully wrapped up. And the tag has got your name on it. Jesus, the light of the world, has come so that that which was once lost and broken can be found and be healed. He's come to reveal the love of God to us and to expose the lies of the enemy. The light has come. Are you ready? Now the next thing that light can do is it can cast out fear and show the way. Light, when it reveals and shows the true nature of the situation we're in, it can reveal and expose things, and that can be scary. But when we can actually see more clearly, we can begin to adjust our focus. And as a result, we're less afraid. Because light has the power to cast out any fear, and it can show us the way forward. Because Jesus, he came into a world that had lost its way. A world that had let fear consume the heart of God's children. And this sense of fear and confusion is nothing new. I mean, you only need to look through the Old Testament to see the numerous occasions in which God's people completely lost their way. And God had to step in and he had to guide them back to the right path. But you see, what makes Jesus so very special is that in him we see the ultimate act of love by God. Because prior to Jesus, God spoke to his people through anointed prophets, such as Abraham, Elijah, or David. But in Jesus, God came directly down to earth and he humbled himself And he came into the world in the form of a vulnerable baby. He wasn't born in a great palace. He was born in a stable. And his purpose? It was to cast out all fear and to show God's children the way forward. Now, we all, myself included, have had seasons in our lives where we've lost our way. 
or we feared for the future. We are only human, after all. And some of you here this morning may be in a season right now where you feel like you're groping around in the dark and you can't seem to find your way out or what step to take next. And you might be afraid. But I want to tell you this morning that there is good news. Because when we choose to let Jesus into our hearts, we find that he takes that fear away and he replaces it with his peace. And he takes us gently by the hand and he leads us into the Lord's presence. Now I want you to picture that room just one more time. But this time I want you to imagine that that room is just one room in a whole house that has yet to be explored. And that house represents your past, your present, your future. I wonder, do you invite Jesus into just that one room? Maybe because you're afraid of what else he might find or what else he might ask you to do next. Or do you choose to have faith that he's already dealt with everything else in the house or your life? And you trust that he is the light of the world, has already gone before you. He's already cast out any fear. And one of my personal favorite verses when I'm ever feeling fearful is Deuteronomy 31.8, and it says, The Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. He will never leave you, nor forsake you. Do not be afraid, and do not be discouraged. I'm reminded of that song that we sing here called Tremble, and the words say, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. It is such a powerful image. Jesus silencing all the voices of fear in our hearts and lives. Just as he silenced the storm that the disciples faced in the boat in Mark chapter 4, he spoke to the waves with an authority. Quiet, be still. And in that moment, Jesus not only silenced the storm, but he reminded the disciples of his authority over all things. And he also silenced the fear in their hearts. Because whatever we may face in our life, we need to remember the authority of Jesus. He may have come as a small baby, but he has authority. And we need to picture him walking ahead of us. And we need to know that he's lighting the way. And if we keep our eyes on him and him alone, you can't go wrong. Your footsteps will always be sure. And we'll have no reason whatsoever to fear the way forward. Because he's already made the path clear. Now the opposite of fear is faith. And the only similarity between these two things is that they both require you to decide. So, what will it be? Will you fear the way forward? Or will you choose to have faith that God has got it all under control? And Jesus, as the light of the world, has the power to cast out all fear. The light, it has come. 
Are you ready? And finally, the last thing that light can do is it can strengthen and it can empower. So I've spoken about light revealing Christ's love and exposing the schemes of the enemy. And I've also spoken about how light has the power to cast out fear and show the way. But how can light strengthen and empower us? Well, I feel that when we're aware of both our blessings and our flaws, we're actually stronger because we have the resurrecting power of Christ in us to face anything. Because when we call on the Lord, he casts out all fear and he makes our path straight. And this empowers us to step out in his name and to declare his sovereignty and love over our lives. You see, when we choose to let the love of Jesus shine in our lives daily, we find ourselves growing in confidence and strength. We grow because we choose to let his light shine in every area of our life. When that light shines, we do have to accept that in the process we may have to deal with some issues that we struggle to face. But in doing so, we let the love of God replace any fear or shame. He came not to condemn us, but to set us free. Because when someone who was once held captive is set free, there inevitably is a period that follows of reflection, of regaining of strength. And it's undoubtedly hard to begin with. But if we look at where we've come from, we can rejoice because we're no longer held against our will. But we're free to walk into all that Christ has for us. So we can find strength and empowerment when we let the light of Christ shine in our lives. Another impact of this light is that it attracts others. It draws them in. And in doing so, we then can share that power with them. And they too can feel empowered. Now, there was a film about uh, 15 years ago called Coach Carter. I don't know if anybody's seen it, but it was based on the true story of a basketball coach called Ken Carter. And he returns to his school in Richmond, Virginia, to coach the local basketball team. Now, the team and their players at this point are struggling with their grades and they're struggling with their identity. And they live in a community of high crime, lots of drugs, lots of broken families. And it's into this community that Coach Carter comes back. And ultimately, what he wants to do is he wants to instill in his players a sense of self-worth, respect and courage. Because he refuses to give up on them. And in a pivotal scene in the movie, Coach Carter makes an unpopular decision to lock the school hall, to lock the gym, until the team improve their grades and their work ethic. And he basically says, you're not playing until you understand that there's more to you than just basketball. And in this pivotal scene, the team finally grasp just what their coach has been trying to show them. And they basically take their desks, their books, everything. They move it all into the hall and they sit there and they go, we get it. We're not going to move. We're going to study. And it's in this scene that one of the players 
quotes part of a famous statement by the American author, spiritual leader, and politician, Marianne Williamson. I'm going to hope this works. I just want to show you. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were all meant to shine as children. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same as we are liberated from our own fear. Our presence automatically liberates others. Sir, I just want to say thank you. You saved my life. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We're all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we're liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. You see, when we know that we're loved by God, and it's his light that shines within us, we are empowered. And we can help set others free from their fear or their shame. And that says in verse 18... Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Now what, you may be asking, about this verse is empowering. And actually I puzzled on it too. But as I prayed on it and I read it, I heard the Lord say, don't ignore this verse just because you find it challenging or you're afraid you might offend others. But I actually then felt him say, because you know me, you are strengthened. And there's no way, no way about it. This verse is a warning. Jesus is the light of the world and he has come. Ignore him at your peril. 
But I also believe that this verse is not saying it's too late. But rather it says, whoever believes in him is not condemned. There's an open invitation here to seek Jesus and to let him in. Because there is no condemnation in Christ. None. And we, but we do, however, we need to let him in. We need to let his light shine. Because when we do, we're set free. And we will never look back or forward with fear in our hearts again. So I pray to, for each of you, let Christ in. Let him set you free. And see him take you from glory to glory. The light has come. Are you ready? And finally, in the last verse of my passage this morning, it says, This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Now this verse, should I say, it is challenging because the light has come to be amongst us. But the sad truth is we can be so wrapped up in our own desires and our own lusts that we can block his light out. But as I sought the Lord, particularly for this verse, I heard him say, this is the verdict, but it is not the final judgment. The final judgment was love. And the sentence he took fully upon himself on the cross. Because we were spared by the blood of the lamb and we have been set free. This church is why we celebrate Christmas. Our freedom has come into the world. And Christ's birth points to his death. And his death points to his resurrection. And this points to our freedom. The light has come. And so my prayer for each of us this morning is this. As you prepare for Christmas and you buy the presents and the food and you decorate your trees and you spend time with your loved ones. I pray that you know that the only real preparation that's required is in your heart. Are you ready to see the love of God revealed in your life? Are you ready to let him expose the lies of the enemy? Are you ready to let him cast out all fear? Are you ready to see his love strengthen and empower both you and those you meet this Christmas time? Jesus is the greatest gift that we've ever been given. And all we need to do is we need to open our hands and we just need to receive him. The light has come for you. Are you ready? Amen. Thank you, Rachel. Shall we just spend a few minutes just... 
Thank you for listening. For further podcasts or information, go to www.kca.church. Thank you for listening. For further podcasts or information, go to www.kca.church.